Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. And today we have Tom DeAngelis and Tom Fertile with us. Hey guys, how you doing? Hi Rob. Uh, well, good. Good, to, good to be here. Good to be here. Uh, so for those who have been here before, welcome back to Reflections from the Heart. And as you know, it's a gospel reflection. For those who are new, what that means is we're going to look at the gospel for this coming Sunday, and uh, we'll, we'll read it, and we'll just ponder the words uh, of the gospel and, and see where the Holy Spirit might be tugging on our hearts. And usually a word or a phrase will jump out at you, and uh, you know, as we're sharing here uh, you know, between the three of us, you know, just invite Our Lady along with you to, to ponder, uh, as she does, uh, to ponder in your heart what... God is asking of you uh, to, to bring into your everyday life. Uh, but before we jump into the gospel, Tom, if you could open us up with a prayer, please. Certainly. <clears throat> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, as you broke open the Word so many years ago to prepare those in the synagogue for your ministry, we ask today that as we break open the Word, you open our hearts, you open our minds, so that we may receive what you have in store for us that those gathered here and all those listening would be open to your promptings and to your grace to do your, their part to proclaim your kingdom, to do their part, our part, to be faithful disciples, faithful witnesses to all whom we encounter in all that we do, that our actions may be of you and through you and with you. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Tommy D, you can read the gospel for us, please. Okay. Again, it's uh, from Luke's gospel. It's uh, verses, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, and then chapter 4, 14 to tw- verses 14 to 21. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize that the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went, according to his custom, into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, 
Today the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Sure, we've we've all heard this more than a few times, and uh, for whatever reason, it's the Holy Spirit, I guess. The word "anew" jumped out, Tom, when you're when you're reading it. So after investigating everything accurately, anew, and I just think of the time when uh, I was challenged to start reading the Bible. You know, it's like you're born and raised Catholic, you don't, you don't even own a Bible. So I uh, you know, got a Bible and started reading, and and I had an accompaniment, little you know, little reflection book to help you know help me understand. But my heart was ready. You know, going up to that point, I was, you know, just I, I felt the Lord calling um, me to 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 try to get to know him. And so I was looking at it with new eyes. And uh, I'm sure we all have folks in our families, um, you know, kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews that may have grown up in the faith, but they're exploring <laughs> or detouring or just unplugging altogether. And uh, maybe a prayer is that you know, as they're investigating what they think is going to make them happy, right? Because that's what the world's going to say. You know, the stuff out there is going to make you happy. That uh, that that when the time is right, they would investigate anew, right? That they would look with new eyes, a new heart, on this amazing gift of faith that they received, but you know, may have plugged, uh, you know, un- unplugged from. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, that we would all just continually have have new eyes, that wonder and awe. Of, of God's word and and you know, His love for us and His mercy that we would just meet it and greet it each day anew. It came up in our in the gospel reflection earlier in the week. Uh, one of the one of the gentlemen that was uh, commenting had mentioned about um, you know he ne- he he never really he was raised a Catholic you know was cradle Catholic and brought up went to Catholic schools Catholic high school and he said he never really appreciated the faith. And embraced it until he started to focus on the questions instead of the answers. And it really was insightful. And he talked a little bit about it and he said, you know, I had all, we had all the answers when you're brought up a Catholic. You, you have all the answers, but you don't get the questions. You know, you don't really know what the questions are. He said, when you get older, you get into your teens and your 20s, you start letting those answers go and you you wrestle with the questions and you come up with some of your own answers to those questions and sooner or later you find out that the questions of the, the, the church and the, the scriptures uh, just make a whole heck of a lot more sense. You stumble on something like that. You look at it with fresh eyes and all of a sudden it clicks and then you see another one and you see another one. And he said after a while you start connecting the dots and you say, I'll bet there's a lot of other stuff that you know that's like that. So then you just embrace the whole you know, at some point you embrace the whole thing and say, some of this will become clearer as we go on. But right now, I, I believe, you know, the teachings of the church, I believe what's written in the scriptures, because you've had an experience of God, an experience of those answers, as opposed to just they were impo- they were imposed on you or you memorized them or you did the right thing because that's what was required to get a good grade in Catholic school or whatever. So I think that was a, that was a great insight. And it just kind of dovetailed with what you were talking about there, Rob. But I do think too that um, being able to explore the scriptures, uh, you know, more accurately anew, is a really good um, a good thing for adult Catholics to do. 
Uh, I was blessed, you know, my freshman year in high school, we, we had scripture. I'm sure a lot of other people in Catholic school do, but but I got my first Bible. It was mine, and, and I, you know, wrote in it, and, kept, and I had it for years. I still have it, and I still go back and read that, the old confraternity version, but... Um, I always liked the scriptures. When I was in college and I had an opportunity to do something in, you know, religion or study, uh, I always pulled something out of the scriptures for, you know, for a paper or something like that wherever I could. It just, but I know that's not common in, in our Catholic faith, but it just has always been something that's been of interest to me. So, well, you know, breaking open the word, you you always, as you said, Tom, you you, you always in, encounter something new, and even if it's the same passage. You know, with with reflection and uh, taking time to contemplate and ponder and digest it, you know, new, new, uh, you know, n- new things come to mind. I, I think about the the passages here, and you know, at the time, you know, you hear glad tidings to the poor and liberty to the captives and sight to the blind, and you know, if, if you do a Bible study, you go well. If that made a lot of sense back then, there were poor people in the streets, and there were you know slaves and and servants, and there were the blind and the leper were all put in little you know colonies, or, and so it makes sense. So it's easy to look at that today and go, oh, that's he was talking about those people, you know, because we don't have leper colonies and you know warehousing people with disabilities and 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 poor people in the streets, at least you know not most places. So and 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 miss the sight that well, no, I think today. How many in our society, you know, are poor in 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 morality, or captives to sin, or you know, blind to the gifts of God? I mean, so I, I think right. it's more applicable today, um, and we don't take time to recognize that, you know. So uh, it, um, it, it his his coming, his message of hope, the glad tidings, um, are for us. They're for us in this room. They're for all of us listening. And everyone that we know, and I would think, uh, I would propose that even in this day and age, there's probably more blindness and captivity than there has been in any any part yeah. of our of our life as we live uh, comfortable lives nowadays. For the, for the most part, you know, in our country, um, things have become a little bit topsy turvy, and it's and it's easy to um, let those comforts and let the um, the things of the world. Uh, get us to, into complacency or thinking that everything's fine or we're doing it our way and we're finding our own success and our own our own uh, you know we're we're good thank you very much masters of our own domain and uh, and and we're missing out on on what uh, the good the good that God has in store for each one of us so it's with new eyes that 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 theme you know anew with new eyes let's go back into the word and uh, and let it pierce our hearts and in some ways. Uh the experience that Luke talks about at the beginning in the in the first chapter, where he talks about, as, as you both pointed out, act, you know, looking at everything, investigating everything accurately and new, is in a sense what God brought to people in the second part of this, which is now they have to look at they have to look at this scripture passage in light of a person who's there saying, "I'm the fulfillment of this." Um, as we'll see in the gospel next week, which starts with the last line of this one, um, people are a little bit, you know, first they're amazed, and then it's like, well, isn't this the, the Joseph's kid? You know, isn't this the carpenter's son? And then, and then Jesus realizes that they're starting to question him, and so he says, you know, he challenges them in their thinking, and in that piece, which is a direct ca- carryover from this, it, you know, it's all continuous in, in Luke's gospel, ends up with him being uh, run out of town and just about pushed off a cliff and killed, you know. So it starts out good, but he's asking, he's challenging them to look at 
at this scripture passage and to look at him differently than they know him to be. He's he's the kid that grew up here, the carpenter's kid, and uh, and this is a passage we all know is you know is, is uh, prophesying the Messiah, and this can't be right. You know, there's got to be something wrong here that this guy can't be. You know, or Kenny, or is Mal? Probably not. And he just provokes them, and uh, I th- I think that's one of those things we'll see, you know, in next week's reflection. But uh, but yeah, this he's forcing them to look at everything anew, accurately. You know, this is this is the way it should be interpreted. And and there wasn't a mic drop back then, of course. But so he rolls up the scroll. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, I was like, yeah. read that he rolls the scroll, hands it back. You know, sits down, not <laughs> smugly, but you can, but you can just it's like that. That's the mic drop of, right, of, the, right. of the time. Of but, the, but the scroll roll, the scroll yeah, roll, he did right? the scroll and, roll. <laughs> and, and I like that, Tom, because because he he does kind of leave it hanging out there. You know, yeah. it's not it's not okay. Now let me explain to you exactly how this went. And I think sometimes that's. Could be a complaint of, of the life of faith. Sometimes, like you know, Lord, give me a two by four, make it clear. But a lot of times, it's it's throwing something out there, and 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 He lets us um, wrestle with concepts. He lets us wrestle with uh, with teachings and challenges, uh, challenges us, and 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 it, and it comes around as we delve deeper and pray more about it and study more. Then then things arise. But but I think that's the Lord's way is to is to. Uh, provoke, but provoke in a good way. You know, it prompt, prompt contemplation, uh, prompt reflection. Again, some of the lost arts of our time. Because in this, you know, we're, we're in this day and age of instant sound bites and you know, one minute, uh, you know, blurbs and you know, Lord knows our, our our news and our news feeds are like that. And you know, it's just get it out there, get a story out, get something out, get a picture out, get something. And and, as, and we've lost that art of pondering. And you know, it's it's and and I think these things are. They're relative, you know. Back in, the, uh, you know, here we go. Here, here we go. The old guys. Here we are. Like back in the day, you know, when you sat down for the evening news, it was like an experience. You know, for the next half hour or hour, you're going to hear, you're going to digest, you know, and and there's pretty much consistency throughout what's being on the news. And now we're bombarded with, you know, anything that happens anywhere. Um, let's just get it out there, and so so you can look at it and see, and even before we know what's accurate or not accurate, you know, and and it's um, it makes it more difficult to think about, I'm going to spend time in reflection. I'm going to spend time in contemplation. I'm going to spend time delving deeper and letting these things permeate me. You know, we don't, that's not the way we live. You know, microwave breakfast, you know, quick uh, quick cup of coffee, catch some tips on the headlines, boom, we're out. Everything is more and more fast, 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 fast. Slow down, contemplate, and let, let, let the word and let the grace, um, you know, get deep into our hearts. Can't speed up the carriage, though. It <laughs> doesn't go any faster than that. <laughs> One thing that jumped out at me, and I think it's just reflecting on a conversation I had earlier in the week, is um, just the idea of pain. I was talking to a couple of folks, and uh, the one just revealed an incredibly painful time in, in, in her life where uh, just things were just crumbling. Um, and she wanted to express that pain to her congregation and some of the fallout from the painful situations. And, and she was denied that opportunity. They're like, well, I don't know if we can handle that. And, uh, and that sent her on a mission where she and a group of people now minister to people in some really painful situations. And they try to bring the physical, the spiritual, the emotional, they try to bring it together as opposed to compartmentalize um, 
compartmentalize it. And and she said, unless the church can deal with pain from within, how are we going to be able to reach out to the world that's in pain? You know, we have the answer. Jesus is the answer to our pain. Uh, but within the church, I think we have to be able to have those conversations about some painful stuff, like things that are, that are going on and what we're doing and how, you know, how relationships are, are crumbling within the church and, and uh, you know, to be able to work through that. And then we can reach out to, to the folks that are suffering that, that need the answer because people yeah. that believe that Jesus is the answer are going through some painful stuff. So, uh, and she said something really cool. She said, you know, we need to lead with unconditional love. Like the, the people that they serve, they've been told the truth but they haven't experienced unconditional love. So they, and their, their approach is unconditional love is the lead, and then, uh, and then truth. Because if you look at these things, you know, the poor, captives, blind, oppressed, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some pain going on, but the answer is within this, glad tidings to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the, to the blind, freedom to the oppressed. Um, but those who are oppressed and captive and poor and blind, you know, they need to experience the unconditional love of Jesus through His people, um, and then, and then, I think there'll be more. You know, as as these two women put it, that you know, the people will, will, are more based on their ten years' experience doing this. They're much more open to to the truth, to uh, you know, receiving God's truth and His plan for their life. You know, when you were talking about people experiencing pain in the church, I'm, immediately I thought about um, uh, an article I read last evening in the Catholic Witness that our, our bishop, Bishop Gaynor, is holding uh, listening sessions. And coming off of the retreat with the bishops, uh, the, the bishops of the country, uh, right after New Year's and coming back and having a series of these things, I believe they're eight or so, eight or ten, however many deaneries there are. There's, there's one in each one of the deaneries in the diocese. And um, there were people who were um, abused, and some by by priests, you know, historically, in the very parish where he's doing the listening sessions. And, you know, I think the first time I read the first one, I think they had 400 people at St. Catherine Laboray. And um, and they had mics, you know, in the, in the church for people to come up and speak and you know, one woman in particular, and then she, I guess she agreed to, to talk in the article, we quoted in the article, but she spoke up, you know, she came up and said, I was abused by a priest who was in this parish, you know, years ago. And, uh, but she was there for exactly, and she said that, she, she's there to share, you know, and to hear what the bishop has to say and then to share with other people. And if there are other victims that they'll feel that they can come forward and share their pain because the healing she was she was it was almost brilliant the way she she put it it was a great lesson you know in in healing as she said the way that we're going to heal all of us in the church because priests are hurting because their brother priests betrayed them you know the bishops hurting because his you know his his priests in the diocese and he's inheriting this historically but she said the only way we're going to heal is if we all heal together it's not going to happen just me or just you guys or you'll get better and I'll be still, you know, it, we have to heal together because as long as I'm I'm wounded and you're you're not healed and as long as I'm, you know, you're wounded and you're upset and I can help you heal from the offense that you you've taken from priests who maybe you received communion from. I mean, one of the priests in our diocese um con celebrated our wedding mass 
who's now no longer a priest. You know, he's living, working down in Florida. And, and uh, so, you know, and, what, and Marianne and I, we, in a way, we feel betrayed, you know, because this guy was a, was a priest and he was abusing young kids right around that time, you know, when we were being married. And so I can't ever look at him again in the same way, but we won't heal from that unless we heal together because we can't heal ourselves. And she was very insightful about that. And I was really, I was really impressed by it. And you talked about the pain and the healing. We have a chance right now to experience one of the worst black eyes in the, in the, probably in the history of the church, and, but for good to come out of it, for us to heal each other and grow more deeply in our faith and trust in not only the Lord, but in the fact that he's given us his grace and his spirit to be able to permeate through our our parishes and our diocese that we can we can do that for each other, you know. And it sounds like that's what the woman that you you'd talked to had discovered in in her years of mm-hmm. ministry. And we can we are the only ones that can do that for each other. Yeah. You know? And we talked about um, adopting an attitude of giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Like imagine the woman that you're talking about. Like if you didn't know her story, and she, you know, you, you encountered her and she was grumpy or miserable or whatever. You know, we may judge or try to figure it out or whatever. But if you knew her story and then you encountered her, wouldn't that change the way you approached her? Wouldn't that change yep. the tone in which you spoke? It would change everything. So imagine if we just adopted that, that just way of life, that you just give people the benefit of the doubt. And if there is something going on that we may never know, then we've just ministered to them just through our kindness and our patience and our love, right? And if there isn't anything going on and they're just a grump, grumpy. Well, we minister to them as well, right? So instead of trying to figure people out or take it personal, just like adopting that. I don't know if that... Yeah, we always said in education, you know, when you've got, you know, a high school student there in front of you, if they're acting out, if they're belligerent, if they're, if they're you know, um, whatever it is, if they're disrespectful, if they're, you know, they're... There's always something there. I mean, it's, and, and, and I had a counselor who said it, I think he summed it up perfectly. He said, it's typically fear or pain, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And it's like, that's, it was, it's, it, it's, so it's, 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 it's pretty, I don't want to say it's simple, but it's, it's a, it's a common thing. It's fear or pain. It's, it's. And they can't heal themselves. And they can't heal themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they have pain because they've been hurt. They have a, you know, usually a trust violated, a parent walked out, a parent abused, family member abused, you know, something like that. Um, or fear, you know, and, and, and a lot of times it's fears that we don't, we don't deal with. Fear that, you know, you know, my dad might not come home or I'm not sure how I'm going to eat tomorrow or I'm going to, you know, things that, you know, in our in our kind of cushy lifestyle, we don't we don't always think about that. So, um, you know, we've always um, in, in education tried to approach um, young people that way. Like, what's going on? And you're right; you can't always plumb those. You can't always prod and get the answer out. And, and sometimes you don't you don't have the right to ask all those questions, but to just pause and recognize that you know when that when that student is acting out about his Shakespeare homework, you know you can't be offended. How dare you not like Shakespeare? Okay, there's something else going on there. And just pause and and allow for a conversation to develop. And and who knows? Sometimes you sometimes God will choose you to be part of that healing. Um, and even if you're not specifically chosen to be part of that healing, you can still do your part by seeking to understand, seeking to calm things mm-hmm. down, or or redirect. Um, so th- those those 
injuries. Talking again, go back to the scripture about you know how we're captive or we're blind. I think today, today's day and age, um, fear and pain are, are two things that many people suffer from, and that's at the yeah. heart of anger. It's the heart of it's at the heart of disbelief. And, and we as adults, know. with our you know with our increased years of experience behind us, we have a tough time dealing with those fears sure. and pains. Let alone a, a yep. teen that's yep. uh, that, that's going through it. Uh, you know that that. Uh, imagine if our schools, at, at, you know, parochial, private, public, all approached that or had that mindset. Uh, I mean, that would be like that would be just a totally different environment. You know. Well, and, you know what? It's not just it's not just in education too, because as you were relating that, I was thinking. You know, the first five years I was out of college, I taught high school, Catholic high school, and coach football. And you're right. You run into situations. You don't know what a kid's morning was like when he comes in. You don't know what his family life is like. And you find some of that out over the years that you're working with kids. And then you can understand better why they behave the way that they behave. And then when you see other kids behaving that way and you might not know the backstory, you can just assume something's going on because there's some reason why they're behaving that way. Because nobody gets up in the morning and says, I want to be a holy terror when I go to school. But then I got into business, and I, you know, I was about five or eight years into business, and I began to realize hmm. the people I'm managing are nothing more than just big kids because it's the same <laughs> darn thing. Somebody come in in front of you, and they, they had been in trouble or they were coming in late for work or they had caught on drugs on the, on the floor, and we, it was a manufacturing environment, and you'd find out that you know, they were abused as a kid. I mean, one woman opened up to me as the plant manager and shared that with me. Wow. I said, well, that makes a huge... All of a sudden, our relationship changed. And you start thinking, I wonder about all those... And she had three sisters, two sisters that worked there, and all three of them were like that. And they were holy terrors. They were just all over the place, inciting union upheaval and all that stuff. So I came to realize that we're just big kids, you know? We all have that same, you had it in education, but we have it, we have an adult world too. So not only in our schools, we realize in our businesses Mm -hmm. too, that we're all hurt at some level and we need somebody. And some of us are going to have to step forward and do the ministering to start it, even though we may be needy ourselves, you know, we're wounded ourselves, but we're the wounded healers. I think there's a book out called Mm -hmm. that. And then take it one step closer to home. If we treat it like that at home, in our home, yeah, you know, that just give people the benefit of doubt and be there for each other, create time and space where, you know, things are unplugged and conversations happen where, People can talk about what's going on and, uh, and and some things that they may be afraid of. Or uh, what were the two? Fear and pain. There you said. Fear and pain. Fear yeah. and pain. You know. So uh, we can start that right right in our homes. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you all for for joining us at Reflections from the Heart. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. God bless you all. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100.
Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.